Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. So we are uh, in our third of four weeks of a series. We're doing a series called An Abundant Universe. It's part of a tradition that we have here at Mile High Church to stop each May and to really focus in on building an abundant life, building an abundant consciousness, building an abundant sense of the true realities of life. And the, the abundant universe is the theme because we believe that our teaching teaches us that we live, move, and have our our being and exist in the state of abundance. Now we acknowledge we don't always feel that way. We don't always feel the the flow of that abundance in our entire life. Sometimes there's portions of our lives or places where something's not flowing as abundantly as it flows elsewhere. But we believe that by working together and working on ourselves and expanding our awareness and looking at our stories and challenging our belief systems, that we can continue to build an abundant life such that more and more of our experience is the natural sense of the flowingness of the divine through our lives in every part, in every part of the structure of our living. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, says to us, we need to stop denying the nature of the universe. It is good, harmonious. It is for us, not against us. It is not going to be to us tomorrow other than what it is to us today. If we have arrived at the point where we have complete confidence in its perfect action, in its ability to create, maintain, and sustain life within us today, to supply us with all our needs, then it is what it will do for us tomorrow and tomorrow and on into the future. He's talking about building a consciousness, an approach, a mental equivalent is part of what he used to call it, that, that believes and affirms and looks for this abundance and calls it and sees it because we can be tempted many times to look for what's lacking, what's missing, what's not present. And while there's nothing wrong with that, it, it, it cannot be the main focal point of our consciousness. Otherwise, what begins to develop in our lives is that lack that we've been focused on. So our series is all about teaching and practicing things that can help us to live this life of abundance. And so we've introduced what we're calling building blocks of abundance. We started with gratitude the first week. We started with, and then we went to courage last week. And this week, we're on to a whole new building block that many of us know about and live from, but sometimes are challenged to practice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, good segue. Yes. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's abundant generosity. <laughs> yes, it and, is. And uh, I love that saying of, of Ernest Holmes that the universe is for us and not against us. But I would argue that that's only half the story. It's one thing to affirm and know the universe is for you and against you. It's another thing to be able to affirm that you are for you <laughs> and not against you. And what I would argue is those places in your life where you're for yourself, in your inner thoughts, in your outward deeds, in your relationships, you have abundance. And yet in those places where you are against yourself, in your self-talk, in your relationships, in your way of life, you have poverty. 
And we believe in this truth, not just you know, abundance and money and prosperity. We, we believe in, in, a, in, a, in a life that is really alive, a spirit that is truly creative, that is abundance itself, and that it's the truth of who we are. But we can only live in it to the degree that we can remember that we live in a universe that is in existence to express that, that is for it, and that it's in us to learn to move through the parts of ourselves that couldn't trust ourselves in the past, to trust who we are as an expression of that divine light. And I invite you to ask yourself the the question this morning, um, what is real wealth to you? What is real wealth? Is it having a whole bunch of money? Is it having a whole bunch of neat stuff? Is it waking up in the morning and saying, what do I want to do today? And doing just that? <laughs> These are all good, good reasons, and I, I'm all about having money in the, in the bank account. But uh, real wealth, to me, it, it's three things. It, it's peace of mind. It's the peace of mind to be satisfied with my life just the way that it is and just the way that it is not. It's appreciation. It, it's my ability to appreciate the good of my life while it's happening. You know what I mean by that? Not, not just after it happened or not looking forward to, but as it's happening. There's an old Estonian proverb that says, who thinks for little doesn't think for much. And I try to remember that in, in, in my life to, to give thanks for even those little things. You gave a wonderful talk on gratitude a couple of weeks ago, Michelle, that, that that builds that abundance of flow. And, and the third thing, and perhaps the most important thing, is the topic today, Michelle, it's, it's generosity. My ability to feel wealthy is based upon my ability to feel generous. And, and what is generosity but giving from what you've been blessed with? It, it's recognizing those blessings that have come in our lives and expressing them through generosity, through helping someone, through giving money to someone, through an act of kindness to someone, to giving time, period. I I love Eric Butterworth in his classic spiritual economics when he says, you know, if you're feeling broke, if you are broke or you're just feeling that way, the best thing to do is to give. The best thing to do is to get back in that giving flow, whether it's giving financially, volunteering your time, a kind word to someone, just showing up to listen. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it reminds us that we have value because, you know, if real wealth is peace of mind, appreciation, and generosity, you know, real poverty to me is, is devaluing who you are. It's the failure to value who you are. It's the failure to value your life and the miracles that are around, and it's the failure to keep yourself out of that flow of good that is always calling for us to bring forth a greater amount of recognition that this life is joy, this life is love, this life does have a deeper meaning and purpose if we can cooperate with it. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying there because one of the, the things that really inspires me a lot of times is if I'm feeling any lack in my life around um, appreciation for something or even someone or a situation, I try to bring myself back into generosity. And sometimes I'm not as able to do that with my own life. I have to read stories of other people. And you and I brought a couple of really great stories, I think, today of people who were very generous. And so I search for stories about people who are generous with their time or generous with their money or generous with their 
kindness. I love there's a, a, a kindness pandemic site on Facebook that I love reading those stories. And they inspire me and they uplift me and they remind me that, that being generous is something that we can do at any point, even when we're feeling that sense of poverty or lack or limitation. We can find our way back into our generous hearts because it's the true nature of who and what we are. And so we can find ways to be generous. And one of the fun stories that I read recently actually was in the, uh, the Reader's Digest. An author named Lawrence Elliott talked about the, the uh, he calls it the story, the legion stories. Is that the word he uses? Stories are legion, he says, about Elvis Presley. I love Elvis Presley. And in fact, I told this story at the first service and a number of people in the first service said they experienced Elvis's generosity because some of these stories happened right here in Denver at the Cadillac uh, store there on 8th and Broadway. But he, uh, Elvis, was known for being an extremely generous person with his money and his energy and his life. And he, he died with very little money and people thought that was bad, that that was a horrible thing and yet he believed that the good that we have, including our money, was meant to be circulated. So there are stories, for example, of, uh, of Elvis going into a Cadillac uh, showroom and seeing a young newlywed couple standing there just loving this Cadillac and saying to them, so is this the Cadillac you love? And them saying, yes, and him going and just buying it and giving it to them. And then a story about a, he, he was at a Cadillac place. He must, he loved Cadillacs, right? Those of you know. And he was at a Cadillac store and he saw a young man out cleaning the Cadillacs, washing them. And it appeared as though that was the young man's job. And so Elvis went out to this young man and said to him, which of these Cadillacs do you think is the best? And the young man pointed to a convertible. And so Elvis took the young man into the Cadillac store, found a salesman and said, this young man recommended that convertible Cadillac I'll take one for me and one for him, and I want him to get the commission on the sales. That wasn't all, though, because he, while he loved Cadillacs and he made it a habit to give people Cadillacs, apparently a lot of people don't know that every Christmas, Elvis Presley gave $1,000 to 50 charities in the Memphis area. And he was known for if there was a natural disaster in an area, a hurricane or a tornado that swept away someone's homes, he was well known for sending a temporary home in the form of a trailer or something to families who had lost their home in some, in some experience on this planet. That he was, he was generous and generous and generous because he just believed in circulating good. And a lady told me that one of the stories when he was here in Denver, she said he was really sick. He wasn't feeling very well and she was there nearby and he turned to her even when he wasn't feeling well and looked at her with great compassion and said how are you doing today that kind of generosity you know from every level that we see from the level of what I have I share what I have I want to circulate whether it's my time my money everything we're talking about my energy my kindness I think that generosity is the true nature of who we are because it's born out of the love we have for each other, the love we have for life. His Holiness the Dalai Lama says, the more you are motivated by love, the more fearless and free your action will be. And I think this is the true generous nature of us, 
that we simply are generous beings. And so a tool that we, we invite you to use this week is to consider asking yourself, how can I be more generous? And generosity puts us in receivership. That first week I talked about, of this series, I talked about we have to place ourselves squarely in receivership. And when we do that, then we can give from that overflow. We can give from that sense of the true nature of ourselves and we can activate that generosity that is the true nature of who and what we are. And the more we activate it, the more it activates itself in the law of attraction and in our lives to bring back more and more good to us. So generosity is a powerful, powerful building block for an abundant life for sure. I love it. And I thought of so many bad Elvis jokes during that, that talk. Yeah, um, I bet you did. You ain't nothing but a generous hound dog as <laughs> an affirmation. You could just totally change right. all his songs. Uh, yeah. uh, we, you know, kind of an Oprah giveaway. We, we get put Barry blue right suede away. shoes under everyone's uh, chair along with a peanut butter and banana sandwich to remind us. <laughs> right, I uh, like It goes that. on and on. Yeah, but I, wow. I, I love that expression of, of generosity. You don't have to be a famous person. No, you, you don't do have not. to be a rich person to give generous. Maybe, no. uh, maybe it's not going to be as elusive as buying a Cadillac, right. uh, but it can show up. In, in little ways, and um, I love, some of you may have read in the news a story that just came out a few weeks ago about uh, two young women who met on a bus on the campus of Liberty University, mm-hmm. uh, and these are two young girls, uh, students there, but had never met. Their names are Allie Cole and Ruby Wurzbicki, and one of them just had that simple bit of generosity to sit next to the other person and say, hello, what's your name? and they got to talking and see that even that smallest yep, act of generosity act. can um, open up to an experience of richness and, and abundance. And these two young women found that they had a lot in common. Uh, they learned that both were Chinese and they learned that they had both uh, been adopted from China. Uh, and for a young woman adopted from China, um, more than likely they're a victim of the one-child policy that mm-hmm. uh, ended a few years ago there. But at their time, what that meant is more than likely they were given up for adoption because the family couldn't have more than one um, child or because the family had wanted a boy right. and they had right. a girl. And so there's that, that sadness, yet there's this connection to the roots of their orphanage because it's the only early life mm-hmm. they ever knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they found out is they happen to be from the same orphanage, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. China's a pretty big place, yeah. lots of orphanages <laughs> just like here. And, and so to connect in that way was pretty incredible. And, and so there are these two young women with this, this shared experience of loss and also of joy, right. um, you know, meeting on the other side of the world. And because they were so connected at that time, they both had pictures on their phone. And it wasn't long before they started recognizing one another in their pictures. And, you know, when asked later about this, Ruby shared, there are people I've talked to about this, and they've said, what a coincidence. But we think that this is 100% God. There's no way two people who were in the same orphanage in a different country can somehow end up at the same school, at the same time, and have it not be God. And so for you, if it's a story of just great chance and synchronicity, or it's the hand of God in, in action, you know, what I want to speak to is understanding that even the smallest bit of givingness, the smallest amount of self-givingness through that smile, through that listening ear, through that how are you, no matter how much we may be caught up in our reality tunnel, of life that says life is just the way I think it is. You know, when we can let that go slightly to being open to what life is um, really, 
beyond just our thoughts, in that mind of God, in that way of the universe. That generosity is the key um, that unlocks those experiences that I believe are around us all the time Mm -hmm. if we can tune into them. You know, and so what what does this have to do with um, giving money to the church Mm -hmm. or other people? That the idea is um, give to those people and places that you see doing God's work in the world, mm-hmm. that you see expressing that, that abundance. And for me, you know, my role for giving is simple. I give from what I've been blessed from. Where I feel that I've been blessed, that's where I give from. Now, for some people, that may be just money that's unexpected. For some people, it's every dime that you earn. Right. But it's that expression of giving from that place of blessing, because that's not my money. That's God's money. Mm-hmm. That's spirit's money. And when I choose to give from that, I know I'm in that flow. And again, it doesn't have to be given through a check. It could be given through your time, through your attention, through your caring, through any way that the spirit um, calls to bring generosity forth from you. And what I love about what you're saying in this story and what you're talking about, Josh, is that these little generous actions can lead to big synchronistic flowing energy within us. And I think that's so important for us to remember to be in receivership of that flow of good. That for many of us, one of the mistakes that we're making with our generosity is we're pinching it off and we're, and we're trying to control it. And, we're, and it's not so much that we're not being generous, but it's the how of how we're being generous. We're not opening ourselves up in those little ways throughout our everyday life in just a, hey, how are you doing? And how are you feeling? And I know you. And, um, and, and talking to people and even just smiling at people and moving through our life and doing some kind act for people, helping and supporting people. And as well as we've mentioned money in this. And I, I know that uh, when people, especially minister type people, start to talk about money, sometimes people get defensive. In the first week of this series, I talked about that hand that goes up to, that we say, you know, I want more good, but not my, so if right now, as I say the word money, I'm a minister, and you can feel that spiritual hand going up, oh, they're talking about money, they're talking about the church and money. I want to really just say, just boldly and clearly, that number one, I believe that the source of this church is God. God is the source, and it's an expansive source. And yes, the gifts that people give us, that's part of what fuels this church and is part of the resource engine that keeps us going. It's also the service that people give, the the ways that people, it's the prayers that people give. All of it lifts us up and it comes from many, many different sources. And so it's important for me to, as a spiritual leader, to speak about money plainly and boldly and courageously. Because if we've got any part of us that when a salesperson or our mother or our, uh, our kid or the minister starts talking about money and the hand goes up in our heart and we say, I don't want to hear about that. That is probably a place where we're presenting ourselves with lack and limitation. That the way to open is to say, you know what? I get to choose where I give my money. I get to choose where I give my time. I get to choose where I'm generous. And I will choose. And me as a minister, Michelle, and I'm going to assume for Josh this is true too, it's part of our spiritual courage to say, look, we believe that it's all God and that includes the kingdom of money. And we want to talk about money because I know what I envision on this planet around money is all of us having more than enough of that stuff. 
every human being on this planet, every being having more than enough stuff. And we talk a lot about the dissonance between the haves and the have-nots. That can't change unless we all collectively begin to change our consciousness about money and become less defended about it and more open about it and even more willing to be generous. Sometimes people say, well, I don't want to give money because I don't have a lot. And I go to and I want to say that it's never how much we give, it's how we give, what Josh was talking about, the way in which we give. Years ago in my church, I've told the story many times of a Sunday when my little nephew was a little guy and his mother came to church and, it, and my nephew insisted that he open his piggy bank and he brought some money and he came up on stage, which is what the kids would do at the end of the service, and with his little sweaty palm, he gave me like three pennies for the offering. And I took that money and I blessed it and I put it in the offering basket. And after the service, I said, honey, why did you give me those three pennies? What caused you to give me some of your money? And he said, oh, Aunt Michelle, I just love our church and I want it to be here for me and all of these people. And so I wanted to be sure of that. And so I wanted to share my money. And I will tell you from my heart, that's one of the most touching financial gifts I've ever seen as a minister three pennies given by a little boy. So it doesn't matter whether what we give is, you know, an, uh, 15 minutes of service to someone, uh, 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 one little kind word, or a little bit of our money that we share with something in the world that we believe in and want to see thrive. What matters is that we're anchoring ourselves and saying to ourselves, there's more than enough, and I'm anchored in that receivership, and I'm not going to be resistant to giving from that place because I I want to be a channel for more of it. And the more that I am stingy or hoarding or, or cutting it off, the more I will experience lack. And the more that I'm willing to be a space for the flow of good, even the littlest bit, the more I'm open to sharing and then I'm open to receiving the good of the universe. That's what this is about, being generous in that way, powerfully and profoundly. Yeah, and we can all, all do it at any time. Yes, and I, we can. I brought a quote to share from um, authors Nicholas Kristof and Sherilyn Wudun, who, who wrote a uh, powerful book about six or seven years ago called Half the Sky, where they argue that the um, greatest problem in the, in the world is, is discrimination against women, and the greatest key to our future as a planet is the empowerment of women through education, uh, equality, uh, and, and more. And they talk a lot about service, about generosity, and I love what they share here. They say, sometimes there is a chance to make a difference in unexpected ways and places. Most of us encounter people in our daily lives who could use a hand, yet too often we don't reach out. Perhaps it's because we're embarrassed, we're running for a train or bus, we're grabbing groceries to make dinner, or we don't quite know what to offer. Perhaps we think contributions of one sort or another can't make a difference, but they can. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder to me that real wealth and true generosity is doing whatever you can, wherever you can, whenever you can, because it allows you to be conscious of who you are, mm -hmm. of your unity with source, of your connection with others, and allows that little bit of magic, that little bit yeah. of, of the uh, magic of the richness of life to be revealed through you in incredible ways. Incredible ways. So this week we challenge you to find ways, creative, unique, out-of-the-box ways to be generous. 
And I love what uh, Byron Katie says to us, to be generous and, not, and nobody knows about it. That's an even greater challenge. If you want to do advanced generosity, generosity that no one knows about, anonymous generosity, and feel that feeling of the flow that happens through being generous. So let's pray together. We invite you into some time of prayerfulness right now. And as we breathe in and breathe out, we recognize that this very moment of breathing allows us to center ourselves fully on the generosity of the universe. For as we breathe in, we never doubt that there's air there for us. There's oxygen for us to breathe and our bodies take it in, utilize it perfectly and beautifully to support and sustain us. And as we breathe out, that which we breathe out, that chemistry supports plant life on our beautiful planet, the green life that we love so much, the green plants and leaves that flourish because of the chemistry that we breathe out. In every moment of every day as we breathe breathe in and breathe out, we are a part of the generosity of life. We are a part of the giving and receiving and the receiving and the giving. And so we gladly take our place in that space right here and right now and recognize that the infinite power and presence is giving unto each one of us continuously. Nothing has been left out for we reside in the kingdom of heaven. We reside in the kingdom where all the good there is is available to us. And we choose wisely. We choose an alignment with our own life and our own values and our own desires to live the life we choose to live. To be a person who is in alignment with the divine and to allow that flowing energy to happen through us. And we are a portal, a portal of good this day. We are a person of increase as we move about our planet, supporting and uplifting each other, allowing ourselves to be generous, to find ways to be a channel for that great good that God is as us, and to know that those ways bless us and bless all whom we give unto this day. And so with great joy and gladness, we surrender into the opportunity to embrace generosity, to be generosity, to feel how it is the essence of who and what we are. And I'm so grateful that this is the truth of each one of us. And affirm this week is a week of beautiful blessings from our generous hearts. And so I give thanks and let this go and let this be, surrendering this word into the law, knowing that it is done, it is so, and we say together, and so it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.